I am Kathleen Watkins, and I welcome you to the Outlive Your Life Legacy Workshop, where you learn to write your life story two pages at a time. One of the greatest risks we face each day is living day to day without any reflection of who we are, what we've done, where we've been, and what really matters to us. Each of us is unique. There's never been anyone exactly like you, and guess what? There never will be. In each of my episodes, I talk to guests who have been a participant participant in one of my guided autobiography classes. I am a guided autobiography instructor. Sounds kind of fancy, huh? A simple way to explain what I do is, let's say you are planning a fishing trip. You have the best equipment, the best bait. However, you don't know where any of the good fishing holes are. Chances are you won't be bringing home any fish. You needed a guide, someone to tell you where those good fishing holes are. Look at me as a guide who will show you how to unleash your memories. We tend to file these memories in the back of our minds. I help you to find them. To demonstrate to you what these classes are like, I invite guests who have been a participant in one of my classes. They have agreed to share one of their stories with you, the listening audience. How about that? These two-page stories are based on universal themes, such as turning points, my family, health and wellness, your COVID story, and the role of money in your life, and many others. After reading their story, they will receive supportive feedback from other guests. I say supportive because participants in my classes are not professional writers, and it's important they feel free to write their story in their own unique way. That being said, why don't we um, introduce our guests? My one of my my first guests is Deborah Williams, who is a friend of mine, and she's been through the class. So, Deborah, why don't you uh, tell us something about you? Hello, my name is Deborah Williams, and I love stories. I was a librarian for over twenty two years. And stories was what I told to my kids. But what I had not thought about was writing my own story and leaving a legacy to the next generation, my children, grandchildren, and others. Until I met Kathleen, we met in Toastmasters. And one day she did one of these. She did a uh, podcast. And I was, that's what first tickled my interest, but I still wasn't sure totally about it until I saw it in the newspaper. And she had written an article about a class she was getting ready to start. It was Outlive Your Life. And that really got me interested. 
So I decided to take her class. And it was for six weeks. And I have learned so much, not just what I learned in the class, but also what it makes me want to do more and more. Just gave me more and more ideas. So I have enjoyed this class. It's going to be a definitely a blessing to my family and to my generations after me. Yes, I was so um, I was so happy to have Deborah uh, participate in the class, and she's a wonderful storyteller, <laughs> simply wonderful. As she stated, she uh, she's a retired librarian. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but she she definitely knows how to tell stories. Okay, my other guest is Jasmine, who is actually the producer of this podcast. Go ahead, Jasmine, tell us about you. I'm happy to be back in the studio every time. I just love it. Thank you for having me here. Yep, I am the producer here. I help do the audio engineering to bring these shows to life. And though I haven't taken the class, I get to learn a little bit every time that we come together. And it's always such a blessing to be in here and hear everyone's amazing stories. Thank you, Jasmine. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to demonstrate to you exactly what happens in uh, a guided autobiography class. And by that, I mean... Deborah will read one of her stories. Uh, what story are you going to read, Deborah? What theme? It is my goals. Okay, she's going to read the story she wrote on her life goals. After she's done, Jasmine and I will give her supportive feedback and whatever else we have on our mind. <laughs> so go ahead, Deborah. The floor is yours. All right. The title of my story, my life goal story, is My Story of Twists, Turns, Detours, and Victories. It took 25 years of twists, turns, and detours to finally reach my childhood dream of becoming a teacher. Initially, I was inspired to become a teacher because my mother, who was not only a retired school teacher, but in 1960, she was my first teacher. We lived in the rural community of Tuscahoma, Oklahoma, where there was no kindergarten program. My first classroom began on the enclosed back porch of our home. I started first grade in the public school in 1961. It was during my elementary years that I discovered my love for the language arts. I set my when I grow up goal to become an English teacher. In high school, I developed a love for office machines. Once I started college at Oklahoma State University in Stillwater, I also was torn among several career goals, teaching, office management, and writing. I also realized I had a gift for listening to the problems of others, and wanting to help them be their best. During college, I met the man of my dreams and desired to be married and start a family. We married during my sophomore year, and though I continued going to school, 
I wanted to make a little money. I began working in the dishroom in the student union cafeteria. This totally distressed my parents, especially my mother. To add to the drama, we had a toddler. My husband got hurt on his job, and the dishroom income was just not enough to pay the bills. I knew I was an excellent typist, and I loved office work. We moved to Oklahoma City, and I got an office job at an insurance company. I never stopped going to school. I continued to pursue my career in teaching with a slight twist. My son, who was now a teenager, encouraged me to become an elementary teacher because, as he eloquently put it, Mama, these kids are bad. You would like teaching elementary kids better. Well, after I graduated from college and got my first job as a third grade teacher, I understood my son's warning. The culture of the students in my classroom was not what I pictured. They did not do everything I said. They did not sit quietly and learn. I love teaching, but my classroom management skills stunk. I sadly left the classroom in the middle of my first year. I was devastated. My lifelong dream job was not at all what I imagined. I stood hopelessly at a crossroads, not knowing what to do. I felt confused and didn't know who I was anymore. I decided to try my next love, helping young women get off government assistance and stand on their own two feet. I became a social worker for the Department of Human Services. What an eye-opener that experience was. These young women were perfectly content doing as less as possible. Most of them had no personal goals except to acquire as much free stuff as they were allowed. I became so discouraged with their entitlement mentality, but this discouragement turned out to be a blessing in disguise because it pushed me to discover my niche. I got a job in the library at the school where I had initially run away from. I loved it. I returned to school and pursued my graduate degree in library science. I returned from my school librarian job 20. I retired from my school librarian job 21 years later. I am happily retired and writing for the glory of God. I have written many journals of my struggles, and I use my stories to write devotionals to help others connect God's word to their daily lives. I have a heart for distributing devotionals to women who are incarcerated, in homeless shelters, and in situations where they don't know which way to turn. Other dreams relate to my library experiences, such as writing children's books and reading them to children in hospitals and homeless shelters. And this Outlive Your Life class has empowered me with the tools to write a book of my life stories for my family and future generation. Yes, my story has twists, turns, and detours, but God has turned them all into victories. Wow, what a great story. And Deborah, 
I have heard the story before, but I heard things that I didn't hear before. And I, I, I thoroughly, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I miss, I missed a couple of things with you at, at DHS for one of them. I totally missed that one. But in life, just like that. It can be. It, yeah. yeah. And it's all headed toward your destination, even though yes. we don't understand it, the twist. And we think that this is what we want, like you thought yes. you wanted to teach school. I can just imagine. <laughs> I can just imagine what that experience was like. Yes. And But then you ended up exactly where you needed to be. Yes. And didn't know. So I yes. great story. The thing is with the teaching, sometimes I knew I wanted to be a teacher, and I do believe that I am gifted. I believe that God has given me that gift to teach. But sometimes we may not know exactly what avenue that teaching is going to go into. So my idea of teaching was going into a classroom and teaching a classroom of children, which I did, but I didn't know specifically it would be library. And so, and now, of course, with the writing, it, now the teaching is taking a different turn. It's more like writing and teaching in my devotionals. So, still teaching, just different. Exactly. That's true. Um, because you don't have to be in that setting. It, teaching can take on a variety right. of, um, of settings. Right. Jasmine, what, do you, what would you like to... Um... So for me... Listening to stories and learning from the stories have been some of the most impactful ways I've ever learned. Um, one of the most important uh, memories I have is being read to as a little girl in kindergarten. And for me, it wasn't even so much about the story or who was reading it, but the fact that someone was telling me a story with a group of other little children and also want to say thank you uh, on behalf of every shy student that's ever been. Um, the library was my safe place growing up in school. And I was one of the most avid readers, just got all the AR points. Um, I think one of my favorite books I ever read was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea at about fourth grade. And I just want to say thank you for being the, the keeper of stories and the keeper of safe places yeah, for yeah. for people. That is just incredible. And I really loved hearing a story of coming to full circle because I myself have um, found me running away from things, but then running back to them later in life. So I just want to say thank you for sharing what a, an amazing story. And I'm going to think about you the next time I pick up a book. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, That's absolutely. what I really love about this class. I am very passionate about, I want everyone to document their story because we are here at an appointed time and we are here for a purpose and we do matter. Our stories matter. One of the uh, new themes that I'd added was my COVID story. And that's because every one of us, we have one. 
for the past two years, COVID just devastated. It devastated the world. Millions died, and I don't think there's anyone that wasn't affected by it. And I think that we have an obligation to document our story for future generations because years from now, these stories are going to mean so much to first to our descendants because they're going to want to know, well, what happened during that time anyway? And if you have it documented, you can you can go to it. I think most of us don't really think about things like that. We don't think about documenting, writing those stories down. But understand this, it we owe it to our descendants to do that, to tell our stories, to tell the things that we have overcome. Because our great, great, great grandchildren, when they're struggling, they can, if your story is documented, they can go to it. And if you're not trying to act like you had it going on, (laughs) then they can learn something. And I think that's a problem, too. A lot of times we don't want them to know that we actually went through things. We just want to look like, you know, we've always had it so good or... That's not true. And they need to know that we, too, had obstacles, but we got over them. And so can you. And that's what gives me so much joy. Another point is when we write them, they're two pages at a time. A lot of people have attempted to write their stories, but they become overwhelmed and they stick it in the drawer, never to go back to it. But when you see two pages at a time, you think, well, I can do that. I I think I can do that. I know one of my participants said that when I saw that, I say, well, yeah, I can do that two pages at a time. Because what happens once you begin to write, you actually write more anyway. And then you get to read it out loud. And it's something about the reading it out loud that's so magical. We call it the secret sauce when others get to hear your story. Because what happens, too, is it triggers memories in us. Because I'm sitting there listening to you, and then I think of something in my life. And I think all of us do, the way Jasmine um, shared about her uh, experience in reading and so forth, and even how she'll remember you now when she reads, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think that writing these stories are, it's not therapy, but it is therapeutic. Most definitely, it is therapeutic. So, uh, any more comments, ladies? Anything Anything you'd like to share? Now is the time. I actually have a question. Yes, ma'am. For anybody who is wanting to get into reading or help a friend or someone they care about getting get into reading more, what is something that you would suggest to help them out along that journey? Help them with their reading journey. Yes, yeah, to help one them with- thing that I noticed with, especially with children, was 
it, it had to be something they were interested in. So one of the things that we're told to do is you can do like an interest survey with the children. What, what do they like doing? Sometimes you can ask what TV show do you enjoy? Just to get some ideas. What do you like doing? What are your hobbies? Those type things. I used to just watch the children when they come to the library. And I would, of course, my job is to show them everything in the library. Once they are exposed to it, now they have an idea of their section. So it's funny with, with, with kids sometimes when they know their section, like somebody that's interested in turtles. I say, well, this is your section right here. This is the, the section with the turtles. Of course, you only have so many turtle books, but maybe you try to get them interested in, in another animal in that area. But mainly it's just children have to be, it has to be what they're interested in. That That's my biggest, uh, I would say, help for anybody, children, whether it's a child or an adult. Sometimes adults don't like to read. In fact, a lot of times adults do not like to read. Amen. <laughs> and so, yes, it's not just children, but but if it's something they're interested in, they'll, well, you read what you're interested in. Exactly. If you're interested in sports, you'll read sports. Exactly. If you're, whatever it is that that you enjoy and you want to learn more about, or that's what you read. So, and then nowadays, also, there's different areas you can go in. Like, everybody is not a print. I like to pick up a book. I, I need a book in my hand with print, but other people may want to read on their phone. That's not for me, but it is for others. So now there's audio books and so many different ways, different media right. to read. So we can't just, even this, what we're doing today, podcasts. Some people do stories on podcasts so that people can hear them. So we can't be so stuck on just one area. This is what I like, and that's that's it. No, different people read, read in different ways. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, that, I think that all of us are avid readers. I I am an avid reader also, always have been. I I used to be like you, where I like to hold the book in my hand. I still do, but the only thing, it's so much easier for me now to listen to, uh, to a book. And that's for many reasons. Uh, in the beginning, I couldn't, I thought I couldn't focus by listening, but I've learned to to focus by listening. Let me ask you this, Deborah. While in the class, did you have a problem with reading your story out loud to the other, to the class? Reading and drama go together with me. (laughs) So, So I dramatize books. So sometimes the children would say, we want to watch a movie. And I said, I am the movie. Watch me. So as I read the book, I got I became animated. And that, that, that makes it more interesting for them. So, no, I didn't find it hard to read a book. 
to them as long as I not only animated the book, but also they have to be involved. So there's a way to have children interact. So it's, it's different techniques to do that one. To have them, I may stop. If, like if it's a book that says the same thing, it's repetitious. It says the same thing over and over again. When I get to that one point, I'll stop. And they'll know exactly what to say because they know what I'm what the story says. So repetition, um, just different, you know, different techniques that I use to get children. Sometimes they liked, um, they enjoyed, see, well, seeing the story, of course, pictures. So I would do different things with that, either hold up the book or I would put it on a smart board and they could see it on a smart board. Just different things to do to keep their so, interest. So reading your story out loud in the uh, in the Outlive Your uh, Life class, that wasn't a problem for you? No. Not at all? No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Not at all. That yeah. That's what I did. So I wouldn't say everybody does that, but reading a story. But of course, reading your own stories. <laughs> It's a Maybe little a little different. bit different. That's what I'm saying when you're yes, actually sharing personal yeah. things yes. about yourself. It can be a little different. I have had uh, participants to actually break down while yes. they're reading the story, and they'll yes. say it wasn't so bad while they were writing it, but hearing themselves reading it out loud, they, they became very, very uh, emotional. That's exactly the way I felt, even today. Yeah. And I've read this story in class, but today I felt emotional with it. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. I don't know why, but. Maybe it's, it's a podcast and you know that a lot of people <laughs> will be listening to it. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe that's it. But um, to to the listening audience, I... Um, I, I encourage you, if you have never really thought about it, maybe after hearing this podcast, you will consider writing your story. And I know a lot of times you think, who wants to hear my story? Uh, you know, I'm nobody important or I haven't done anything. But you know what? Your descendants would love to hear it. And it doesn't even have to be your descendants. It can be friends or or people you don't even know your story could touch. But know that it matters. And not only that, while you're writing it, it'll be good for you. Because for some reason, we never think about our, our lives. I'm, I'm not going to say everybody doesn't, but it's good to reflect over your life, especially when you get to be a certain age. I think we tend to do it more. However, I've had what I've had a 23-year-old in the class before and where and I really couldn't understand. I said, now what? <laughs> <laughs> a 23 and a 26-year-old. Wow. Yeah. But wow. but they they wanted to um to share their stories. And I, I just think that awesome. I just think that uh that is great. And, you know, if you notice, the name of the podcast is Outlive Your Life. Our words will outlive us every time they outlive us. 
when I look over uh, some of my papers or letters from long ago, from a friend, you know, a boyfriend, <laughs> some, I, I keep everything. And it just brings back so many memories, you know? Yeah. Uh, Kathleen, one of the things that you you told me that, mm -hmm. that got me really interested in this is you asked the question, what if my mom had left her story? Yeah. What if my grandmother had left her story? What if I, and one thing I have talked to Kathleen about is genealogy. I was really interested in, in genealogy, but one thing she said was, yes, genealogy is good, but you don't know the story. You know the people. You may know the names. The dates. But I, I I, thought of that, and I thought, that's right. I know that Miss Lucy Nell was my great-great-grandmother, but I don't know her story. I just know her name. How wonderful it would have been to have read her story. She was a slave to a Choctaw Indian. How interesting would that have been? Oh, my goodness. I would have loved to have heard her story. Now all I know is about her, but I don't know her story and how she felt and what she went through. I thought, oh, my goodness. So when, Kathleen, when you said that, I thought, we are doing an injustice. I know. When we don't leave our library, as you call it, a library, yes, our when, library. Yeah, when <laughs> an old sorry. person dies, they leave you they, a library That's, without yes. leaving their story. Yes. A library, a library. Is just burnt down because it's yeah. so many, it's so many stories within that one person. I'm yeah. so glad you brought that up, Deborah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I know all three of us would love to sit down and read a Absolutely. story, read about our great-grandmother, great-great-grandfather. Wouldn't Absolutely. that be nice? Oh. I would love to. So because that's the way I feel, I have done it. Yes. I, I, I have actually uh, sat down and wrote stories about my life for my kids so they can, wow. so they will know all about me. And I've also written stories about my grandparents Wow! because I want them to live, live, yes. to always live. So in order for them to, we have to speak their names, write their stories, and they live yes. on. Yes. What they a service on. you're doing. I, I love it. What I'm a service. You, I simply love it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I had a good friend of mine. A uh, lady I grew up with. And, I mean, we went to school together. She lived right down the street from me. We have a history. And when I shared with her what I was doing, her first response was, oh, I'm not interested in any of that. She blessed me so much. Last week, I got a text from her early in the morning. And she said, I want to tell the story of my, she lost two children. And she said, I want to share their story. And she just began wow. texting me every day, all these long texts about her wow. son and about wow. her daughter. And you know what that, let me tell you what that confirmed to me. That's why I'll drop a seed everywhere. 
Because even though you don't hear it then, it doesn't resonate with you. When you do get ready, you'll say, I remember that lady. She talked about she helps people with their stories. Then then you'll think about me. And that she came to me. She thought about it. She said, Kat, you told me you were doing this. So just let me share. Let me talk about my son. Absolutely. And she did. She lost him 20 years ago in a car accident. And she said she never really talked about it, you know, and don't even much less written anything about it. But she wanted me to put the story together for her so that it would be documented. And, of course, I am definitely going. In fact, I'm in the process of doing that. Wow. It's funny. You never really know. I didn't know that I would be doing this, Deborah, when you talk about twists and turns. And, <laughs> and But in a way, though, when I look back at my life, I've always been intrigued with stories, autobiographies and biographies. Wow. Mainly. that's I love them. Because, I don't know, it, it, stories about people just always fascinated me. Always fascinated me, but I never thought I would have the opportunity to to do this until I was surfing online. Isn't that something one day? And it, I know God pointed me to it. Yeah. I saw it, I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They have a class for this, and I can be an instructor. I immediately jumped on it, and I took the class, and now I am a certified guided autobiography instructor. Wow. Yes. So I had never heard of that until. I know. You, <laughs> that's something when it's something that you love anyway, mm-hmm. and you find out. What I can I can do I can, this I can be certified to do because in, in in actuality I was doing it anyway. Right. I was helping. I'd help several people to write. They would record it and then I would transcribe it. Wow. But it's always good to be certified. I wanted to be you know validated. Absolutely. So yeah. So I uh, so I got my certification um, in it. That is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, ladies, this has been a great, great session. And I thank you, Deborah, for joining me in this episode. And, of course, Jasmine. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Miss Deborah. We're so glad you came in today. Yeah, I'm glad to have the opportunity. Yes, you can come this. back sometime. Please do. Yeah, you can come back with us sometime. It doesn't have to be the yeah. end. Okay. Okay. Remember, your story is the most important part of you. The struggles, the failures, successes, and everything else in between. So own your story and document it. This concludes this episode of Outlive Your Life. And of course, this is a part of the Building Your Bridges community. Thank you for listening.